Welcome to Pivot Talks with PC. My name is Pauline Caballero, and we're talking change. It isn't coming. It's here. But I'd just love to start off here, but first of all, Lloyd, by thanking you and welcoming you to our affiliate team here at Power Yoga Canada, and really um, thank you from not just a place of participating here, but thank you from being for being a spark in who we are as an organization. Um, for those of you listening, we have been utilizing the principles and the practices of the collaborative way since inception in 2009, November 2nd, 2009. And it has given us the lexicon, the foundation and the ground in which we are able to communicate and be with each other. So thank you so much for being here, Lloyd. I am delighted. You know, the the opportunity to to be with a group of people that are part of a organization that's been practicing the collaborative way for 14 years is, that's a privilege. So uh, I'm delighted to be here. I'm wondering if you might be able to um, just start off and even just sharing with us like a little bit of a background as to yourself and what really inspired you to start the practices of the collaborative way. Well, let's see, boy, you know, I've been in the in one way or another in the business of enlightenment and, and human development for since uh, uh, 74, 1974. And um, eventually I moved into um, doing management consulting and leadership training. And then I found myself in a very, uh, very unique, wonderful situation where I was working with a company that was uh, in 1989, I started working with them, that was in um, the world's leader in providing the consumables that are used to polish silicon wafers to make computer chips. And so way back then was about 89 is when a breakthrough took place, which was called, which is called planarization. And planarization is what allows you to put planes of printed circuits on one computer chip. Up until that time, each computer chip just had one set of uh, um, whatever on them. And, uh, um, so this breakthrough is one of the things that was is fundamental to the fact that we can even do Zoom today, that we have our smartphones and like that. Without that breakthrough, that wouldn't we wouldn't be in this world that we're in. Uh, it was one of many breakthroughs, but a very critical one. And the the owners of um, this company, Rodell, recognized that their market was about to explode, and that when it did, um, larger companies like um, 3M and and um, and other companies would. <clears throat> begin to compete with them, come into their market. And they had more money to throw at their market. They had more PhDs to throw at their at the market than uh, what Rodell could possibly do. Um, and they, as they looked at the situation they're in, they said, they came to the conclusion there was only one way they could possibly compete and continue to be the world leader. And that that is if they could come up with an extraordinary way of working together. And I had been working with them 
previously helping them um, merge two of their companies back together. They'd split their their um, distribution and, and um, uh, factories off from their uh, uh, sales organization. And so <clears throat> I'd help them facilitate the merger of those companies back together. And based on their that experience, they asked me if I would join them in developing this extraordinary way of working together. And I was like, whoa, what a dream come true for, for a person like me to have a job like that. And I said, <clears throat> sure. And having no idea how we were going to exactly do it. And I started out like most consultants would um, training leadership, training communication skills, deepening commitment, shifting behaviors. And we were making progress. But as we were making that progress, I recognized, I started to wonder, I was like, uh, I don't think we're going fast enough for what the owners of Rodell C is coming towards us. And so I was in that question and, um, <clears throat> and found myself in that question. I, uh, I just really asked eventually what, how do we meet this challenge? Mm. And and what I real what what just came to me was that if you're going to have an extraordinary way of working together, you've got to call out how are we going to work together, so that then we could have a common understanding of how we're working and learn to work together that way, and in doing that we could be extraordinary. And then I was like. And it needed to be based on a small set of practices. And I said, wow, that sounds really cool. That would be great. What might those be was my next question. And, <clears throat> and fairly miraculously, it just came forward as an answer. You know, listen generously, speak straight before each other, honor our commitments, acknowledgement, appreciation. And uh, if we practice those, we could be extraordinary. Um, I went back to when you brought uh, it forward. How did it go when you brought it forward to Rodell? No, when I brought it back to the owners of Rodell, they with they said after eh, they were a little hesitant at first, but they said, "Okay, let's do it." So we started all over, and um, with our training. But now we're training from we. How are we going to work together versus how me in my development? So. Uh, that's the big shift. The focus went to how do we work together from the, just developing the individual. And so <clears throat> in this case, the future that they, the owners of Rodell imagined did come forward. And they, at one point, uh, were doubling, doubled in size in 18 months. Um, the largest, the the 3Ms and Cabots of the world came in and competed against them. And they found that, that Rodell was so difficult to compete against. One of the things we found that in having working this way is that we hadn't expected, but it brought the best and the brightest from our industry to Rodell. So while, you, while we couldn't match them in number of PhDs, the best PhDs in the industry wanted to work with us. Uh, it was like one of the one of the 
top uh, PhDs in planarization after working at Rodell for six months came over to me one day and he said, you know, Lloyd, I just want to share something with you. And I said, what's that? He said, for the first time in my life, I feel like who I'm competing against, who I'm competing against is the competition, not mm. my fellow teammates. I love that. And, uh, so it was an extraordinary story because we they found uh, those the like the three M's and Cabots found us so difficult to compete against that they wanted to collaborate with us and and it turned into this really extraordinary success story. Um, so that's how that's how the collaborative way uh, came into being and uh, and launched itself into the world. I love that. I mean, such a beautiful analogy from the the me mentality like developing self versus developing group we like developing us together and and really that's the spirit of these affiliate calls is for us to grow and develop together collectively as a whole i'm just curious Lloyd, like for the benefit of all of us i would love to hear you um briefly explain the essence of the you know the five key practices of the collaborative way okay and let me just say one more thing about that we and i is that when you take on these practices and you take on how we are going to work together, it then pushes you to grow. Mm. So it's not that the I isn't in there, but it's in there from a place of like one of the practices, listen generously. Okay. So we say, we commit that we're going to listen generously to each other. Then that challenge is to do that. I'm going to have to grow because none of us have mastered listening generously. I've been practicing for over 30 years and I have not mastered listening generously. I'm still I'm still working at it and catch myself on a regular basis, not listening generously. So, uh, but that is a continued growth edge for me. The practice continues to push me in my personal growth. So the first practice to get to your question is to listen generously. And um, so that's to, at its very simplest, as you all know, is to listen for the value in what the other person is saying. Listen for the goal, listen for the contribution. Now to do that, you gotta keep catching yourself when you're not doing that. Can you recognize when you're not listening for the value? Can you recognize when you're listening to be right you're listening to figure out how to argue your point. You're you're listening to from a place of some judgment about the person, etc. So all those and all the different kind of filters. Um, it's a continual process of catching yourself, recognizing we're not listening generously, and come back to listening for that goal, that contribution, that value in what the other person is saying. Um, so speaking, and, and we could go so much deeper on that one topic. Yeah. I'll just say one other thing about it uh, is that waking up to being responsible for the impact of your listening is essential if you're ever going to really get good at listening generously. It's to wake up that you're listening, like how you're listening right now, has impact. And 
we mostly don't appreciate the impact of our listening and we're mostly not responsible for the impact of our listening. So even to begin to wake up and be responsible in that way, I mean, it's amazing what emerges. So that one just hit me like a ton of bricks. I don't know about <laughs> you guys listening, but I mean, I have so many different areas in my life that just are flashing through in front of my face. The way in which the impact that I have for my listening for like my kids, for instance, yes, and how I act as though I'm not responsible for it. Oh, and and we the way you listen affects not only what you hear, but what they say. Mm. Whoa. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love that. And when you really wake up to that, ooh, that gets you on an edge. And uh, uh, then speaking straight, to speak honestly in a way that is forwarding, that contributes to what we're up to together. Up to is at the center of the practice so that it, um, the whole practice is about moving what we're up to together forward, contributing to what we're up to. It guides the practice. So let's, you know, when you're getting off into the weeds somehow, uh, like if the, what you think is listening generously isn't contributing, then hmm, you might want to think again, if you're speaking straight, but it's not contributing, well, you're missing the point because it's, the point is to contribute. So how can I speak honestly, speak up? Okay, that's the first step in speaking straight is to speak up. That's where most of us, well, all of us fall off the boat on a regular basis <laughs> is a failure to speak up. Then the next, once we speak up, then it's to be as honest as we, honest, sincere, authentic as we can be. And to, to say it in a way that, we are responsible for the impact that our speaking is making. Because if that will guide us, if we start to take responsibility in like caring for the impact. Because what counts, if you really look at it, isn't what you said, what counts is what's heard. If you're interested in influencing action, if you're interested in being right, then okay. You can say, well, I said, I told them, okay, now you're right. But uh, what did you, what happened in terms of your impacting what occurred in the world? It looks like you're now uh, stepping towards the ad effectness victim line at that point. Okay. So speaking straight. Uh, can I just share something? My mind is, I mean, all of this is just like, because we've been living these principles and to hear them from you. I'm so present to how um, some of these have been watered down and interpreted in such a weird way. And it's like, like speaking straight, people will use that. Um, but their intention isn't the we, the intention is in that rightness or to prove their point, but I'm speaking my truth. I'm speaking mm -hmm. straight. And you just clarifying that again, landing that truth of, is it moving the collective forward? What's the contribution of you know like the intention behind it is so important oh, thank you exactly. I love this. exactly you know the collaborative way arises as it out of an ethic of responsibility so each of these practices you practice them 
moves you into taking greater and greater responsibility in life, which is where leadership is. And so when you start to take responsibility for impact over there and caring for that impact in a way that we can move forward, um, that that's what we're looking for. And that's an ultimate challenge. And you can get bets more skillful and more skillful through practice. That's the thing with the collaborative way. Practice, practice, practice. What I love about that, one of the things I love about the collaborative way, and I've been taught about it from practitioners, um, is that at whatever level of understanding you have for the collaborative way, if you just practice, it will make an extraordinary difference. Mm. If a group of people could just listen to each other just a little better, better than they already are, if they could speak straight in a way that was made a contribution just a little bit better than what they already are, if they could before each other just a little bit more, if they could, if they could honor their commitments even just a little bit more, and if there could just be a little more appreciation expressed, aim towards what we're up to. Whew. Magic. I mean, it's yes, and it is. It's amazing that I get I have the I'm so fortunate to be able to witness that magic happen over and over again that, uh, I mean, I've been at it now for 30 years and I'm still astonished. Yeah, so. <laughs> so, yes, I appreciate what you're pointing us to about that taking responsibility. And, um, and without that, without that, then speaking straight so easily can turn into a tool of, um, of uh, domination or a tool, tool of, um, of uh, a reactivity, um, be a way to express my reactivity. I'm just speaking straight and I'm gonna, speaking straight isn't turning the cesspool of your mind on loudspeaker. <laughs> so some people actually think that's what speaking straight is. I assure you that is not it. It has far more responsibility in it than that. So I love that clarification. Then the uh, um, being for each other. Uh, you know, mm. that is uh, one, again, something I learned, uh, a president of one of the companies I was working with came to me one day and said, Lloyd, you know, the um, I think that being for is the heart of the collaborative way. And that made me stop, you know, for a moment and really look at what he was saying. What is he, what do you, what do you mean by that? And, and then the more I looked at that, the more I came to appreciate, whoa, no kidding. I mean, in, and from a certain perspective, if you're just being for someone, you would have to practice all of the collaborative way. I mean, if I'm for someone, I got I would have to. An expression of being for them is to listen. An expression of being for them is to be to speak honestly to them, not leave them in the dark about their blind spots or or not support them or not be honest about where you're standing. Uh, if I'm for if I'm for someone, I would uh, surely honor my commitments and and surely express appreciation. So. Uh, being for 
is all those things. And it's also one of the one of the key, I mean, there's so many elements I'd love to talk about. What one of the key things in being for and one of the defining things in the in the level of uh, people's organizations practice of the collaborative way is getting really good at doing cleanups and doing cleanups. What do I mean by cleanups? You know, when you have an ouch in between you, you have a misunderstanding, you feel um, um, there was a negative impact over here, or you think you may have participated in a negative impact over there. It's to step forward and clean that up. It's something more than apologize. It's to get over there and appreciate the other person's experience, um, appreciate their intent, and then support them in also doing the same with you, what your, your experience was, what your intent was, and come to it. You don't have to work out where you see it the same, but it, it is to appreciate each other's experience and intent. And then to work together to, well, how do we meet this challenge more effectively in the future? When Because likely this will come up again. I love the word cleanup. I mean, just cleaning up and taking responsibility is what I'm hearing. Yes. For negative impact, whether and including over here, Mm -hmm. but not from a place of blaming the other person for the negative impact. It's more like informing them, letting them know there's this negative impact. And then we can care for it together. Okay. That's a very different place to come from. Um, again, requiring that movement towards responsibility, um, which is very different from blame. Um, but what happens if it's not well received? Well, then that's the challenge also. Okay. Uh, it's like get interested. One, we want to work all work towards getting better at receiving those kind of communications. Okay. But I then I would be curious as to what it is they're hearing that's having this not be well received. So now I want to move into my listening when I'm really working, uh, uh, listening generously, effectively, okay, is to move to be working towards standing in the other person's perspective so I can appreciate how the world is occurring for them, because that'll give us the pathway to co-create. And so if it's not well received, what would be of value is to come to appreciate how they're receiving what I'm saying so that I can be guided in how to communicate what I'm actually intending to say. Mm. And would that lie into like into honoring our commitments? And then, um, you know, it's honoring commitments is... Um, <clears throat> One of the commitments is to practice the collaborative way, right? That's one of the commitments we're honoring. And honoring isn't exactly the same as keeping commitments. You're you're not going to keep every single commitment that you have, but you can honor them. So, and one of the challenges there is in commitment is to get a common understanding of what we mean when we make a commitment. So 
looking at those very simple commitments, which are the transactional ones, I'm going to do X uh, by a certain time. Okay. And, you know, looking at that a bit more closely, but where we can recognize that we've got to get mutual understanding about what we're committing to and that there needs to be an actual real, yeah, you know, there's only really um, four, if I'm making a request of you to make a commitment, there's really only four possible answers to that request. Yes, no, a counteroffer, or a commitment by when you give a yes, no, or counteroffer. And that's that's pretty much it. Well, did, did I actually walk away with a commitment? So often we don't. We, we just make, we put out something, we think that that was enough. Somebody smiled. Oh, they're going to do it. <laughs> but uh, I may not have gotten a buy when, and I probably didn't get a yes, I'm going to do that. And um, uh, and one of the things that makes commitments so powerful is that they're choices. So that's the other thing. we got to be careful that we're not slipping into the world of expectation or the world of uh, uh, I'm giving directives and I'm I'm just assuming those are going to transform in your world into commitments. And uh, so those are distinct things. There's a place for directives. I'm not saying there's not because there is. There's times and places where that's exactly what needs to happen. But if that's the fundamental basis of how we're working together, then we're not going to be a highly collaborative organization. So, right, I love that. Um, so, and the last one, Lloyd, is acknowledgments yeah. and appreciation. Yeah, acknowledgement and appreciation. So. Uh, many times we'll talk about that as the secret sauce uh, because uh, that's so much power and acknowledgement appreciation to, to start to get better at seeing what there is that would be useful and forwarding to acknowledge and appreciate. Um, I mean, to begin with, it's it's just plain useful forwarding to when you see um, like a key part of being forced to recognize that each person on the team is a human being. They're not just a means to an end. And it's mm. so easy to slip into relating to each other as a means to an end. Um, and when I see you as a, as a fellow human being and we're in this together, it's pretty easy to look at you and begin to appreciate you. So can I can I can I have appreciation be a fundamental basis of how I how I relate to another person? Um, it's so fascinating that um, you refer to acknowledgement and appreciation as the secret sauce, because yes. um, I mean at Pario Canada, I mean every single person on this call does such a wonderful job at welcoming our guests into the studio, and a lot of times that's what we use as sort of our our first approach is like, welcome, yes. you know, welcome Vicky. I mean, Vicky does such a beautiful job at welcoming people into her studio. Annetta, I mean, An Annetta has a mastered acknowledgement, not only in person, but also through social media. And it's fascinating because part of like what we share at Pario Canada is like our secret sauce is welcoming people from the guest experience. And I'm noticing that Oshawa just jumped on the call and, and they really 
really have led the way with the, we'll call it like the red carpet experience. So yes. I'd love to hear you share a little bit more about your magic sauce around acknowledgements and appreciation. Well, it is so much what you're expressing, you know, because to really welcome is to appreciate that other person's presence. And, and when someone feels that, ooh, it's, uh, it, it turns on the jets. Uh, um, and then if you start to acknowledge people and acknowledge them with depth so that you're not just saying, hey, great job or uh, thank you, but you're going deeper. Like, what did they specifically do that that it was that you appreciate? Uh, um, what they have to go through to do that? Um, how did that impact you? Because you wouldn't even be thinking of acknowledging them if it hadn't impacted you in some positive way. And mm. sometimes just sharing that with the other person, I mean, that'll just, that just, blows everything wide open. I had no idea that that had that impact on you. Wow, that inspires people. Um, and um, and it, in appropriate times to also acknowledge what future is being opened up as a result. It could be, it could be a future of your working partnership. It could be a future of uh, the, uh, some initiative that you're doing that that action was is a key to the success of what you're you're working on together or or it could be such a powerful expression of what we're all up to in this enterprise together so you can mm. bring all that into a, a a really deep acknowledgement if it's done in an authentic way so and you when you see leaders get really good at that oh i mean I've been in rooms where the CEO has gone around the room and acknowledged each person, like 24 leaders. And, and these are, uh, this particular company is a uh, heavy civil construction company. Mm. And by the time he almost, I would say three quarters of the group had tears. So come to their eyes. So. It's such a powerful practice. And it's, um, I sometimes, I think it's something that we overlook at what we do so well. And I think it's, um, it's just a practice to continue to bring forth, like with all of our teachers and our energy exchange and the crew that we have around our organization. Um, so I, I love that. It's interesting, you know, when Lloyd, when you and I connected, and for those of you that have jumped on, and for those of you that are listening, Lloyd has this most magnificent background. And, you know, when I first spoke to him, I thought it was a picture and it, it really, it's not, it is the actual background of which he gets to participate. Um, and it's, it's interesting because for, for me, Lloyd, like one of the things that when we connected, I really had that sense of you being for me. Like I reached out to you randomly. Yes. Um, it was just like, hey, like we've been practicing with your book for the last 14 years. And I'd love to just have a conversation. And the sheer response and you're willing to, you know, be here on this call is um, I'll say your commitment to the world. I really felt that. Yes. And you know, it's funny how even just in your intro, you shared how one of the CEOs was being for is one of the critical practices of the collaborative way. Um, I'm just, I'm curious, like, how is it that it's so critical? And like, how is it that you find space to be for in the midst of everything going on in your life? 
Well, <laughs> that's a great question. Uh, and I'm sure that I, I, I am one that I, uh, there's times it would be well to ask myself. <laughs> but uh, um, the uh, people, like you said, feel it when you're actually being for. Now, in, in the case of, of how could I not be, you know, is would my answer when you get the chance to connect with somebody that's been in a practice and leading their company in a practice of the collaborative way for 14 years. I mean, whew, that's like, that's like a ultimate privilege. So, and our dream, our mission is to spread the collaborative way as wide and as deeply as we can. Um, now I have a little bit of a personal bias towards maybe more than a little bit deep, you know, and, um, but I have come so much to appreciate wide and then to, be able to run into a company that had reached out who who's been practicing off of our book uh for uh over 14 years that's just like wow what a what a beautiful opportunity so um uh so it was pretty easy to be for you in that way mm. uh and um and I find, you know, say if we even go back to the very beginning at Rodell, and when I was helping uh, facilitate this merger of these two companies back together, and uh, each company was owned by one brother, and and um, when I first got there, there had been a uh, a rift at the previous meeting of the executives of both companies. And um, they were in, they were definitely um, not being for each other at that moment when I first got to sit down with them. And as I sat there at the table, I, one, I was obviously listening with everything I could bring to the game. And, uh, and in that listening, they could feel it, because if you're really listening for the value in what someone's saying, it's impossible for them not to feel like you're for them. Mm. And then as everyone started to feel that, on, and then we were able to start to move forward in working out this difficulty, which turned out to be simply they hadn't understood what they committed to at the last meeting. One camp thought they committed to one thing. The other camp thought they had committed to another and they'd never confirmed what they'd committed to. And they were at war each over, over a simple misunderstanding, a very simple misunderstanding, uh, which once they was they were able to see, it was like, whoa, and that gave us the opening to move forward together. Uh, so I love that. And like, I mean, because all of us are leaders here on this call. And like, I mean, Lloyd, I sort of shared with you too, where, you know, even in my leadership here, um, you know, with Kinley at PYC, we often have missteps. And, you know, I'm just curious, like, what are, as a business owner, how do we continue or start to foster that being for each other? 
inside of our studios and collectively as a whole as team, you know, when we have these breakdowns, because, you know, these breakdowns and like cleaning up messes, they happen all the time. Yes. They, if you're, if you're engaged in, if you're up to something, okay. And you're engaged passionately, you're going to bump into each other. So to think that you're, if you're not having, I, uh, my view is if you're not having things that you see need to be cleaned up, then either you're not passionately engaged or you're just blind. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you're not paying attention. Uh, as you elevate it, your practice of paying attention, you'll be, there's plenty of signals most of the time being given off when there's an issue over there. And then it's a matter of bringing the other practices to bear, you know, so that's, you can't get to being for without listening generously and speaking straight. And um, so that's why we start with being for, with listening, because you can't, it's hard to get off of the dying started if you don't listen to each other. Um, and, and listening runs so deep, that practice. Um, I mean, I know one Zen master whose whole thing is to meditate is to listen. Mm. And then just notice when you have drifted and listen. So it runs pretty deep. (laughs) Uh, It's a real foundational place to work from is then to bring that listening. Because the only thing that gets in the way of it really is your reactivity. Now, can you start to recognize that? That's that's one of the beauties about practicing the collaborative way is it it reduces the reactivity in the environment. Mm. Um, so would you say that listening generously is sort of like the key component? Because one of the questions that actually just came in was, um, can, do you find that someone can balance it all or do we need to be stronger in one of the practices? They are all interrelated. They all come together mm. is the real answer. Um, ultimately, the practice is a way of being. And these five practices bring you into that way of being. Um, that's ultimately the case. Mm-hmm. And um, because you can't listen generously if you're not speaking straight. Because you're going to have, oh, why is this person going on forever? And I can't, and you're, you'll be, you know, uh, you, you're not going to be able to listen generously if you're not speaking straight. Or, you, or you'll have a, a view that, you know, you're not saying. And then you're just, reinforce you're just listening for the validation of whatever it is you're not saying and you can't hear the not what what doesn't validate you know it's one of the big parts of listening is starting generously is to start waking up to your filters we all have listening filters and can you start to notice when you have a listening filter that's the real that's where it gets is in another essential part of listening and these filters are the same things that we also want to do cleanups about because, you know, uh, that's, you know, I got to clean a, a filter for you. 
I think I might want to talk to you about that and see if we could care for that some together. Uh, because it's getting in the way of me hearing you. It's getting in the way of me being for you and for your success. Let's let's take care of that. Uh, Wild, and, isn't it? It's just a thread. All interconnected. That's oh, another thing that uh, um, practitioners have helped me. I mean, I've always known that in a certain kind of way, but um, I remember sitting in this coaching session and... Uh, this uh, executive came in and said, Lloyd, you know, these practices, it's like we like they're spokes on a wheel. They're all they're all there together. You can't let one go because the whole wheel goes, you know, and uh, um, I'm like, damn, you're right. I, I, I hadn't fully appreciated that in the way you brought me to appreciate it today. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so. Good news, bad news is not that you really do need to practice these five these five will give you so much you know it's like people want trust well how do you get trust well if you practice the five practices the collaborative way in a way that forwards what we're up to together trust will be present if you feel listened to you feel the, you you trust the person is uh, honest with you you feel their support you they honor their commitments and they express appreciation how can you not trust them mm. well and i love and they clean up it. when they mess up <laughs> yeah and then like just the practice of the forever phenomenon you know because i'm often honestly um lloyd like i'm often struck with like the guilt of like oh i here i am again in a conversation with someone where they feel like I'm not being for them, where that wasn't my intention. Yeah. And, so I would invite a little shift there. Mm, tell me. Yeah. So my, uh, the one I would invite you towards is when you're in that interaction and you're finding that you're having an impact that's leaving the person feeling other than what you intended. So they don't feel like you're being for them. Mm. And you, you recognize that. That is a hallelujah moment. Say more. Okay. Because before you recognized that that's what was going on, but you weren't aware that that was going on. Now that you can see that's what's going on, there's an opening to care for that. Mm. And we can get off the treadmill. Right. But you can't get off the treadmill if you don't recognize it. So it's like with all the practices, it's recognizing where you slipped or some aspect of it you're not, so you can recover. Like the recognition, if you go into beating yourself up about failing to, or falling short in one of the practices, then the problem with that is you're moving away from learning. Mm. Instead, it's an opening for learning and an opening for practice. Right. And, and, you know, that's that's the good news. I noticed I have a fil heavy filter. Whoa, that's good. Because I noticed it. Now I have an opening. I have choice. Before, I had no choice. I was just that filter. The world is this way. Now it's, whoa, 
the world occurs for me this way, given this filter I have. So now I can take and move that filter a little off to the side, even a little, because most filters have some level of truth in them, but they're still blocking you from being able to hear the value and the contribution. And then I get curious and bring that curiosity forward. You, One way of looking at uh, listening generously is to listen with curiosity and an intent to learn backed up by a willingness to be influenced. I love now, so if I'm there, I'm listening generously. Yeah, just that curiosity to learn. Hmm. So, well, I appreciate that. Oh, I think that the willingness to be influenced is the powerful part there. That too. <laughs> Right, the, yes. the being able to be open enough to be influenced out of our point of view that might be a little fixed. So that's powerful. Yes, it's a great place to catch because you can you can listen with a lot of skill, but if you're not willing to influence, be influenced, you're not listening with generosity. And you're and now you can be use it. You that skill is a way to dominate or a way to to make your point and mm -hmm. not really listen for the value you're you're really um you're not you're now like you can get really good at at paraphrasing back what the other person has said and you can get really good at appreciating their feelings and you can even get good at appreciating their intent and and um um their perspective so as to win okay that's not listening generously no that's not listening generously that is very powerful because a lot of our coping mechanisms allow us to create the world around us so that we win right <laughs> and you can take your skills of listening and use them that way just like so you can misuse them just mm -hmm. like you can misuse, you know, speaking straight, and that's not really what speaking straight is. And then the challenge is always, how do I support each other in the practice? If I find myself making others wrong for their level of practice, then I'm not in the practice myself. Mm. Okay, I just stepped out, mm -hmm. I'm, you know. Yeah, just being in full participation and full practice as yes. a forever phenomenon. Yeah, the only place we can move forward from is here. We can't move forward from where we ought to be, should be, uh, would be, could have, if only. We can only move from here. So can I be open enough and interested enough with an embracing of current reality? Not so as to accept current reality as the yes accepted is this moment but whip and meet current reality with intent intent to move the ball forward intent to contribute you know i don't know if you you definitely don't realize but this that conversation that statement right there is so powerful i mean vicky i can see you coming closer to the screen um for those of you listening um vicky has just like literally moved 
her face towards the screen. And it's so powerful for where we are as a group of owners, because often, you know, we're just coming off of COVID and we're coming off of, you know, riff within our organization and like having the opportunity to move forward from where we are today, like where our feet are today is such a beautiful statement. And it's such a new way Although always in our existing. And, it, like, and if you look, way. and it's not so hard to look and see, that's the only really effective place you can move forward from. That's the only place where you can see the opportunities as clearly. Mm-hmm. And you can move forward from other places. You know, you'll still be with lots of filters and missing lots of opportunities and like that. You'll still be moving forward from here, though. Right. Okay. There's. It is the only place to move forward problem is here. So it would be wise if one wanted to be wise and reduce uh, 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 suffering and reactivity to embrace current reality, open my eyes, greet, meet. And there in current reality is where the windows of opportunity are, the windows of possibility are. And it's hard to see them if I'm not embracing current reality. Beautiful. I'm um Lloyd, I could talk to you forever. I'm just (laughs) (laughs) and you know it's um I'm just curious, is there any advice or ways in which um you've seen people enhance their practices of the collaborative way? I mean, I feel like your present moment conversation just now was uh the only way, but is there anything that you would love to leave us with? Well, the most important thing is practicing and doing your cleanups and learning from your falling shorts. And to see that is just what there is only that. It's your question, how soon can you wake up to where you're falling short? Yeah. No, it's not, are you going to fall short? You are going to fall short. So to that's context of learning. So it all takes place in a context of learning and to appreciate that. Um, then we have things to support. Like we have our, our, our second book, Leading the Collaborative Way, Overcoming the Seven Most Common Pitfalls. That was written because I knew the many practitioners of the collaborative way I'd never get a chance to engage with. And these are the seven that I found leaders fall into. And um, so that's a really uh, helpful book to, uh, and that's not a fast read like the small book. Uh, That's a one chapter at a time digest uh, uh, a reading. And um, uh, we've also developed the Collaborative Way app, which is a way, it's a team-based Collaborative Way app that's a way to, to, for a group of people to deepen their practice. And, and then we always love working with people and supporting their practice. Um, but it's mainly, you know, being a learner, you know, it's context and learning is, is as we said, take on learning and recognizing you're never going to master the collaborative way. And, and it also includes being open to each other's support. So supporting each other in our practice and being open to being supported in our practice. Mm-hmm. Um, together, if we work and coach each other, 
uh, in our practice. It's that's how you're going to get there. You don't get well, there's no there to get to, but that's how you move down the keep moving down the field. Okay, uh, that's where you get beyond where starting is through can um, continuous practice and continuous support of each other's practice and allowing others to support you in your practice. So that's that's how you really get good as a team. I love it. It's so aligned with who we are as yoga practitioners. You know, like yoga is a forever practice. Exactly. There's no destination. There's nowhere to get to. And it's just a forever phenomenon. And, you know, I, uh, I'm convinced that it's what's keeping us all young. You know, I see Susan and John, there's so many of you on this call that have been with us for the last 14 years and you've never looked better. And it's that practice of the forever phenomenon of moving on our mat. And, and I'm so present to why we were so drawn to the collaborative way. And, um, and I mean, even just you facilitating this Lloyd, I, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm honored. And, um, for those of you who are listening, and I'll also share it in the show notes, Nick, you can help me. There's another podcast that Lloyd did on his relationship and it is unbelievable. Just the amount of um, learning and gratitude that um, you shared on that podcast. So I invite you all to listen to that as well, but um, thank you. You're welcome. It's a, uh, it's been a, uh, a real blast, <laughs> quite an enjoyable experience to be with you. And I, I, uh, I felt that would be the case and it's been totally validated in this hour we've got to be together. So I've had a great time. I, I, I feel that there's been resonance in a way that has a uh, positive impact. And, uh, um, I'm delighted to have had an opportunity to contribute to your journey in your practice, your forever practice of the collaborative way. Thank you. And we just met, so Lloyd, we're just getting started. Stay tuned. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> Thank you everyone for joining. And um, please um, take a look at Lloyd's book. I know all of you on this call have already seen that book, but we'll definitely look at the um, leading the practices and uh, the seven pitfalls as well. And we'll make sure that we link them all in the show notes. Thank you again, Lloyd. And thank you all of you for joining today.